Hey church, I wanted to uh, do a little something interesting this week since this is the, the week leading up to uh, the celebration of Jesus' resurrection. I thought we would just go day by day and kind of journey with Jesus all the way to the cross and to that tomb that he will, he'll rise again from triumphantly you know, on Sunday. Um, and just kind of look at what did Jesus do on Monday, um, you know, so many years ago. So yesterday was Palm Sunday, and Jesus comes into Jerusalem, and there's these huge crowds that are, are cheering him and chanting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he's riding the back of a donkey, and it's a symbol of a king coming into the city. And what Jesus does is he, he rides into Jerusalem from Bethany, and he, uh, he goes straight to the temple. He goes into the temple, and he checks things out, and then he comes back and he retreats back to the city of Bethany. Now, Bethany is a city about on the southeast portion of Jerusalem. It's about two miles away. And on the road, on the route, he would go through Bethpage and then on into Bethany. And the reason that Jesus would have gone to Bethany is, well, number one, he had some friends there, um, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. In, in the Gospel of John, prior to Jesus coming into Jerusalem, he raises Lazarus from the dead, and crowds came out of Jerusalem to, to see this great miracle. And so this is also part of the buildup, part of the big crowds that celebrated Jesus on Palm Sunday. Another reason why Jesus would have returned to Bethany is because of the Passover. The, the city of Jerusalem would have been just bursting at the rims with people. Uh, the Roman historian Josephus says that during the time of the Passover in 65 AD, that there was some uh, 2,500, almost 2,600 lambs slaughtered during the Passover. Now, if you do the math, let's say that, that one lamb represented a family of 10 people, okay? you're getting up to, to 2.7 million people all in Jerusalem at this time. So the crowds were huge. This was a big crowd that, 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 that celebrated Jesus coming in Jerusalem. There would have been a big crowd in the temple that day, and there just wouldn't have been room in Jerusalem. So he goes back to Bethany is what he does. And so I'm going to read out of the book of Mark, and uh, you grab a Bible and follow along with me. But... Uh, after he comes in, this is Mark chapter 11, um, it says, On the following day, when he came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see it, if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard this. Now we're going to dig into this more tomorrow because on the next day we find that the fig tree actually does die. But on the surface, this seems really, really mean. Like Jesus goes to a fig tree. It's not the season for figs. And that causes him to curse the tree. It's very weird. It just seems like a very mean, mean Jesus. Uh, we're going to talk about that tomorrow and unpack that one. But but, but since it lays out over two days, I'm just not going to get into it today. All right, so keep going with me. Mark chapter 11, verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. 
And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teachings. And when evening came, they went out of the city. Okay, so Jesus has now come back into the city of Jerusalem and again, the, the people were expecting a Messiah who was going to save them from foreign oppressors. They basically expected Jesus to kick out the Romans. Now, built right onto the, the, the temple was the Fortress Antonia. Um, it was a fortress that was built uh, in order to overlook the temple gatherings. I mean, it was, it was meant so that the Romans can can keep watch over what's going on in there, and it was a military outpost. I imagine that the people back then expected Jesus to walk right up to that fortress and start casting out the foreign oppressors, but that's not what he does. He goes into the temple, and when he gets into the temple, what Jesus sees, again, this is, people have come to Jerusalem to, um, uh, to, to worship and celebrate the Passover, and, and he's, it's just filled with people. Um, Jesus would have seen these, these money t tables that were exchanging money. Um, Exodus uh, chapter 30 commands that a half shekel be given for every male worshiper over the age of 20 years of age. But they wouldn't allow foreign money because it had uh, you know, foreign inscriptions. It had things that basically they would have considered idolatrous. So you had to exchange that money in order to pay what you were meant to be. So they had these money changers there and they would uh, hike up the price of the exchange rate and it was a very lucrative deal for those who were uh, in charge of the temple. Jesus sees this and he sees how like people have come to worship and honor God and obey God and they are being taken advantage of. Uh, he doesn't like it. Likewise, there's there's all this uh, animals there for sacrifice. The place would have smelled like a like a market, like um, like when you go to the county fair, um, and there's all these animals there, and they're they're there being bought, and people are pushing around each other. Uh, people would also be uh, the the temple was a large area, and rather than walk around the temple, they would they would cut through and they would carry their stuff through. And Jesus sees this, and they're saying, "Gosh." This, this is meant to honor God and people are being taken advantage of. They're not respecting what is holy. I mean, God's just not a part of, of any of this. And this upsets Jesus. And to which the scriptures tell us that now he goes over there and he overturns the tables, um, that he's cast, he's shooing out these animals. Um, and then as people are trying to cut through this, this kind of what's become like a market, um, Jesus is forbidding them. He basically is like saying, this is, this is holy ground. You don't, you don't just cross through here. You need to walk around. And that's, that's what's going on on this day. And then Jesus, after he basically resets things, and you can imagine Jesus did this with force that, that now he sits down and he starts to teach the people. And that's, and that's what it says. Um, verse 17. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. And basically he's, he's getting people to return like, you, you gotta, you got to consider God in this. And don't, don't take the things that are a God and profane them. 
like like take your relationship with God seriously. Um, th this is this is meant to honor our Creator and the one who called us, the one who rescued us. And I think it, it's a great question for us on this Monday as we're getting ready for um, the celebration of Jesus' resurrection. Like, how are we with the things that are holy? And do we really even um, pursue holiness in our lives? I mean, I know right now with the with the shelter in place and the um, uh, social distancing and this 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 the strange things being reported about a virus that some of us haven't been personally affected by it yet, but but where our lives are vastly different because of it. Like in the midst of all that, to to lose sight of what is holy and what what what's supposed to be kept separate for God, um, and I think that's a great question for us on this this Monday. So what Jesus does on Monday, he doesn't go into the fortress to fight; he goes into the temple to teach. He goes into the temple, and Jesus was much more concerned about spiritual matters than he was about the political matters of the day. Another great thing for us to think about, how much do we get caught up in what's in politics when I think Jesus would call us to, on this day, you know what, let's, let's look a little bit instead of outwardly, why don't we look inwardly in, in our own hearts and to consider um, our own lives and what needs to be set right, what needs to be repented of, what needs to be pursued, how we might need to up our game and, and serve God more, uh, how we need to, to dedicate ourselves um, to just to what belongs to God. We might, I mean, we might need to just spend some time in just um, personal prayer today. And so I think it's a great word for us today that, that Jesus wanted that which belongs to God to be um, treated as holy and with respect and reverence um, and a great lesson for us today. Uh, this is going to be a fun week as we journey with Jesus and uh, if you're wondering about that fig tree, tomorrow will be quite fascinating as we'll unpack that. Um, love you guys. Bye.